I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go. Okay, KK, how you doing today? Pretty good. As you can see, I'm back in my humble abode in Oakland. Oaktown. I must um, salute Mahalia, who is in a, in a poof today. You know, I had the, the fro working for most of the week. Yeah. And Mahalia said it's, it's time to tuck that in. So it's real serious. I like it. I want you to know I had a little conversation with Jules and Jules was like, I feel like you haven't really been saying anything about me. I mean, you've been <laughs> commenting on Mahalia and I feel some type of way. And I was uh-huh. like, girl, you know what? I mean, you're just so low key because, you know, she can be introverted, you know, yeah. she, you know, when I was getting out of the car or actually walking out of the hair salon today, because yes, I went to the hair salon on a weekday. She said to me, girl, now you remember what happened to Mahalia. Now, I, you know, I'm saying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this might not go well. So what are we going to do? And I was like, girl, you know what? I got a scarf in my purse, which I should add. A lot of black women have scarves and bonnets and all sorts of hair accoutrement Mm -hmm. on their person. And that includes me. So yeah, underneath this scarf is Jules. I love it. She's cute and protected. I have something to share that is something to do with online shopping. You know, it's the holiday season. One of the things that my best friend had put me onto was something called Amazon Treasure Truck. What? Shout out to Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know how much I like appreciate her for this. Oh no. Okay. Sorry, Amanda. Yeah. You know what it is, is basically it's like these flash deals on Amazon, which, you know, however you feel about Amazon, I I understand. seems like it's here to stay for at least the foreseeable future. And sometimes they'd be having some deals. (laughs) So what it, I mean, it used to be like a physical truck where they would hand select one or two products and put them on sale for like this ridiculous discount and you have to get on it immediately and then go pick it up. But now they can do it online. And so you get a text message where it's just like, Hey, there's this flash deal on this item. And usually I'll look at it and just kind of move on. But something came across, it was like this 10 in one ninja oven that was, it can roast, it can toast, it can air fry, like it could cook your pizza. It was just basically everything you needed in an oven. Like a flat iron your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Deep condition. I know, right? Nah, I mean, basically it just fell short of that. Okay. So I was just like, well, let me just, let me just look and see. So I looked at the deal. I mean, it was still like just under $300. It's not super cheap. Yeah, And in my mind, I was like, you probably don't need this. But usually how it works is that once I get things into the carton or whenever it comes time for me to put my password in, I've talked myself out of it. So I just click the button to move forward. And it was just like, boom, it's been purchased. It'll be at your doorstep tomorrow. Thank you. So did you get it? I got it. (laughs) And are you in love with it? 
I mean, I feel like I have to be because <laughs> that was some straight up psychological warfare. Like in every other Amazon purchase that I've made normally, I have to put my password in. And this time Amazon said, no, it's yours. Thank you for your purchase. Oh, you better check your Amazon settings because I don't ever have to put my password in. To, um, really? I, I need to put my password in so I can talk <laughs> myself out of buying stuff I don't need. You need a speed breaker. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, my bagels are perfect now. I just wanted to share for all y'all who looking for some Amazon deals, try the treasure truck. But also if you don't need to be spending money like that on stuff you don't need, then be careful. back off of that. Yeah. That, that made me think about um, when you were talking about how you do your holiday gifts. So when I was a kid, we would have our home decorated and everything would be like hunky dory. But the, 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 the tradition is that you woke up in the morning, you went to bed with nothing at all under the tree, completely bare. And then you wake up and it's like booyah Santa Claus. Came. Oh, cute. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think I have just sort of adopted that because that's what my family does. So I buy all my gifts and I have them, but for whatever reason, my tradition every single year is that I watch a holiday movie that I turn on at like midnight and I make my kids go to bed and I sit on the floor and I wrap every single gift between the hours of midnight and like probably like three 30 in the morning. Wow. And, um, and I, and I also, um, may or may not have adult beverages involved at the same time. <laughs> I <laughs> um, mean, it is the season. Yeah, for real. And, um, and it's just become my tradition. One of the other fun facts is that I absolutely suck at uh, wrapping gifts. Don't nothing line up. They lumpy. <laughs> um, it's a whole hot mess. And my, my sister, Deanna, was a master rapper. Mm -hmm. She used to wrap gifts in a department store um, for like the summer. Um, I mean, the, the winter one time home from I college. I love that. Yeah. But now as an homage to Deanna, because she thought it was so funny the way I wrap gifts, I like, I almost challenged myself to see just how shitty I can wrap the gifts. <laughs> 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 well, my joints are like lumpy. It's all kind of stuff going uh. on. That, that hurts my heart. If I, one time I couldn't find any tape and I used some like, you know, the medical tape. <laughs> I was about to say, tell me you did not use. Oh my God. <laughs> but guess what? Now my kids just know like mommy, mommy <laughs> is crazy. Okay. So we are back in Oak Town. Uh -huh. And, um, Listen, alert, everybody who is team Ashley and who loves when Ashley tells a story, it is your week. It is not a bye week for you. It's all about Ashley and Mahalia. She don't know what to say to that. When I compliment, <laughs> no, when I compliment Ashley, she does this really weird thing. She makes this expression. Y'all can't see it, but it's this expression that is the you complimented me. And what do I do with that? Do I thank you? Do I say no? Yeah, it's funny. I think anybody who's ever <laughs> known me will probably get with you and form a support group around that. It is true. <laughs> I do have a hard time accepting compliments. It is something that I'm working on. Oh, okay. Well, I'll change the subject so you don't have to face <laughs> anymore. Chris, what is the what today? Uh, the what for this episode is going to be family. Ooh, family. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
family's been on the brain a lot lately. And it reminded me of this experience that I've been meaning to share with you, actually. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I've told you like bits and pieces of this. So this started in 2019. It actually goes back to the day that I met you. Oh, really? Which was in September, like end Mm -hmm. of September. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember when we met, I was wearing a dress. I do remember that. Yeah. It was probably like the one and only time I've ever worn a dress. (laughs) to work. You know, of course, you know, I wanted to dress up for you, but the other reason I was wearing the dress is because I was going to a funeral Mm -hmm. after our meeting. And so, and the funeral was for a primary care patient of mine, someone that I had taken care of throughout residency. I had ended up transferring this patient to another provider after I finished residency, but, you know, this person was pretty sick and I'd been very close with the patient and, and his wife and just very much like communicating regularly with the family. And so we had built up a trusting relationship around his care. And when it came time for them to see a different provider, they were very much, particularly, you know, his wife was just very much like putting forward how much they they trusted me and were hoping that I would still be there. Um, not necessarily as his, his provider, but just, you know, as, you know, someone who cares and just continuing to check in. Mm-hmm. And I said that I would. But chief year happened and I was in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I did not get to keep up with this family in the way that I had intended to. And then I found out that month that this patient had passed. Mm -hmm. And at that time, which again, was right around the time that I met you, I just started this new job on faculty. I was going through a lot. My, um, partner at the time. And I just split up my brother who was the only family I had out here in the Bay area, him and his wife and kids had just moved back to Houston and starting a new job. A lot of my friends from residency were either in fellowship or off kind of in other hospitals, other things. And so I was feeling just very alone, unsure of my future here. I was feeling a lot of shame around, you know, the circumstances of my relationship and just, and then of course I hear about this patient dying and I realized that I did not follow through on what I said I was going to follow through on with the family. And so I'm kind of holding on to all this grief. I went to the funeral for this patient, managed to get the morning off, but I still have to go to clinic in that afternoon. So I didn't get to stay for the whole thing. And I was kind of disappointed because I really wanted to make sure that I went and talked to the patient's wife and and made sure she knew that I was there. And I didn't get a chance to do that because I had to go back to clinic. So I reached out to her that week and asked, like, is it okay if I just stop by your, your home this weekend, just to check in, just to say hello. And she was like, of course. So I had gone anticipating to stay for like 10, 15 minutes, just check in on her, make sure everything was good. And um, it was just the two of us in her living room and realizing that, you know, our relationship had been so centered on her husband's care over those last couple of years that we hadn't, I hadn't really gotten to know her. She hadn't really gotten to know me that much. And so we just started talking and I think we had ended up talking for like two hours. I remember she was just cracking jokes. I was in stitches and for me, this was very healing because I, again, was not in a good place at the time. And I was just really enjoying being there. 
and so she was asking me a little bit about like, you know, how I grew up and, and everything and, and what, what's been, what it's been like out here. And so I was telling her I'm from Houston, just, you know, starting my job now, but I don't have any family in the Bay area. And her immediate response was, yes, you do. We're your family now. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And, um, you know, it seems fairly simple, but I wish I could just express how deeply I needed to hear that at that time. Like it just, it unlifted a veil of loneliness that I'd been feeling for mm. a while, um, those, those last couple of weeks. Mm. So, you know, what I intended to be quick check-in visit, I ended up going to see her like regularly, like most weekends. Mm. Um, I suddenly had all this time on my hands now that I wasn't a resident, I wasn't in a relationship. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the harder transitions as you come out of residency is, is recognizing that the, the pace slows down and it's hard to remove yourself from the mindset of always having to do something. Yep. And the thing that I learned from going to her house regularly was just this notion just to be still and be present. Yeah. You know, in, in the midst of trying to care for her husband, um, which we often see with elderly couples, she had had her own health problems that she'd kind of put on the back burner. And um, as, a, as a doctor, it was easy to want to try to f- fix things or like get involved. But when I had to learn, like my role is not to take care of her as a patient. Like she actually had a great PCP, but just learning to be present because she actually, you know, was feeling a little lonely too mm. um, since her, her husband had passed and they were very, very close. They had been together for a long time and she'd tell me stories about their relationship mm. And then she had all these bootleg movies, you know, and not the good kind, you know, the ones where the camera's like wobbling, like in the movie theater, like the ads, like crawl across the screen. <laughs> Somebody listening to this has never seen that. I just know that that is a thing. <laughs> yes. If you go to like a real like black hair salon or like barbershop, you'll find somebody selling DVDs. So she had a whole collection. I mean, we had all the stuff like before it hit the movie theater. It wasn't great quality, but we sat there and watched a lot of movies. And yeah, it was like one of my first and most poignant lessons after medical training of just the power of presence. Mm. And she became a big part of my life. And she had a big family here in the Bay Area. And she knew that I was shy and introverted. So she would like sneakily, like, I remember one time she was having a big gathering because it was her husband's birthday, like after he had passed. And so they're having folks over like on a Sunday where I would normally come in, but she didn't tell me. So she just would send me a text, like you're coming over today. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Get there. Her entire family's in the house. Wow. They're making that real down home Southern cooking. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah the kind that you can't get in the Bay area. You got to go to someone's house for that. Mm. And um, she was like, I wanted you to be here, not only to celebrate my husband, but also to, to celebrate you and thank you for everything that you did. Mm. So I grew to, to love this woman. And it was my first kind of friendship with someone older than me. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, multiple generations at, I mean, and not in the same way, like, you know, I had very deep, meaningful relationships with my, my grandmother and 
other folks in your family, but it's just like a little bit different mm-hmm. when you're just going to, to see someone and it's not out of obligation. It's yeah. just a bond and a friendship that formed in a very unexpected way. Yeah. So in 2020, the beginning of the year, her health started to decline more and more. And then, you know, with, with COVID-19, I couldn't really go to the house as much as I had wanted to. And so I'd gotten her this, I don't know, one of those like tablets for, and it's like user-friendly for like elderly folks. And you just um, can use your internet to, to connect um, a little easier than just using like FaceTime or anything because she didn't have a smartphone. And I remember one, one afternoon I tried to call her on there. She didn't pick up. Mm. I was, didn't think anything of it. But then the next day her, her daughter had called me and, and mentioned that, you know, she wasn't, she was having some difficulty breathing mm. and they were on their way to the hospital. And so I was like, okay, I'll just meet y'all there. And so I went and the family, I guess, because of like the COVID, like early COVID protocols and family not being able to really get in, they had turned back. So they weren't there. I got there and just kind of badged in and went straight to the emergency room and um, got right to the, the recess room where she was and arrived right as they had pronounced her. Oh, oh, girl. So I didn't hit you with the warning on that one. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, um, you know, it was hard, I think, you know, in, in the same way that anytime you, you have someone that you love, you don't always recognize when time is imminent. Looking back on that, I probably might have recognized things more if I'd been in a little bit more objective state. But what I took away from that, and you know, we cultivated this relationship over the better part of you know a year plus, mm. and um, it was it was gut wrenching at the time, but also what I felt in that moment was a sense of gratitude. Mm. And the gratitude came from the fact that I was there. Mm. And that was something that I felt bad about when it came to her husband's care. And I was grateful for the opportunity to be there for her. Mm. You know, and it also made me feel at least in some way that she didn't, when she passed, she wasn't alone. Mm. That I was there, that I got to go in and say goodbye. And this was at a time where, you know, many people couldn't go in and say goodbye to their loved ones. Mm. And I also got to be there for her family. So when they arrived, you know, I was, I was present to kind of walk them through what had happened. And I remember like trying to keep it together, like while they were crying. And then at some point, like I burst into tears and then they surrounded me and were comforting me. And um, as we were walking out of the hospital, like her kids, her adult kids, like hugged me one by one. And her son, her oldest son, um, was the last one out. And right before he left, he's like, I hope you know that you're still family. Wow. Girl, I'm on the tippy tip, tip edge of crying. <laughs> I'm just trying not to make this another episode when I'm crying. <laughs> we just talked about emotion. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how I started early on in my career. Like this was my first mm-hmm. year on faculty, my first year in a new role, new hair, new me, Mm. you know, starting from scratch and having to actually figure out like what family meant for me, especially, you know, when I'm not 
home home where a lot of my folks are and redefining kind of like who is my community, who are my people, which is something that's not always a given, um, especially after you graduate and and take on a new role. Mm. And since then, like, you know, I've, again, just carried with me this enormity of of gratitude for so many of my friends and colleagues here who have become my family, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while also being able to be present and hold space for like my, my blood relatives back home. But more than anything, the importance of being still and being present. Mm. That was something that she taught me early on. I'm glad I took that lesson in. Mm. You know what? One of the most beautiful things about that story um, makes me reflect on um, a patient, uh, a Grady elder who once said to me, he would always say, I can show you better than I can tell you, baby. <laughs> but he would give me a hug or I'd be like, how you doing? I can show you better than I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was always referencing things like love. Sometimes it would be, how's your leg today? <laughs> he would get up. <laughs> but, you know, I love that you were there, but you were there. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so, you know, kind of goes back to something we said before, all you have to do is miss her. Yes. She knew exactly how you felt and you knew exactly how she felt because time over time is not anything that can be traded for one moment, one Mm -hmm. snapshot, you know what I mean? So I find myself thinking about that a lot, that concept of time over time you know, each, each touch point that we have with people, they, they stack, they build, you know, it's like our fitness and our health. Like if you decide you want to be fit, you can't just go out and run 20 miles one day. And then now you fit exactly better off to run like a mile or two every day, right. Time mm-hmm. over time. But with love and with the people who cherish us and who need to know where they stand and even with self-care too, um, time over time does a lot. And the dopest part to me about this story is that, you know, I don't want somebody who hears this to just think about, damn, I'm gonna cry. (laughs) 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 To just think about what you did. Patients save our lives Mm. every day and their families. They save our lives. When people ask me, you know, how do you do this? How do you do this? How are you able to do these things? I go to work and I encounter these amazing human beings and the people connected to them. And I, I, I let them love me back. Mm. I, I receive it. Yes. And, um, I, I, I think we need more of that. And I get it. You know, you, you were not, you were not her caregiver at that point. So at that point, you know, though you were introduced through, through, you know, her, her loved one who you were caring for. I think the, the, the shift in your relationship happened after, after you were in a physician role with the mm-hmm. family, which is, I think, important to point out, but the, the patients and staff and people around us, they are the panacea they stand to save our lives. And granted, you know, there's system things that obviously burn us out and make people tired. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are, you know, little silver linings, I think that just linger around us um, that we don't pause to appreciate enough. 
because you had to be open to that relationship, right? Yeah, no, I, I think it, it reminds me of this, this affirmation that I heard from um, my, my pastor back home, uh, uh, Juanita Rasmus, uh, shout out to St. John's in Houston. But saying out loud, I am willing and open to receive and to give love. Mm. Um, that's something I've started saying in the mornings, mostly from the, the standpoint of, you know, I can't, I can't draw from an empty well. Mm. <laughs> We've heard this time and time again. And so, you know, in order to give people the, the type of, of love and attention that I hope to receive myself, I got to learn how to receive it. Just like I got to learn how to receive a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting there. Nah, it's, it's better to learn these, these lessons beforehand. Um, but you know what? You also said that I love, you said starting your morning by saying I'm open to give and receive love. Mm-hmm. I think that also speaks to um, our fleeting interactions with people mm-hmm. um, and how many missed opportunities we have because we step into spaces, um, just going through the motions and not being open to giving and receiving love. So case in point would be the 30 minute meeting that I had with you. You know, we had this very brief meeting and made a connection and that was an intentional thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you have to be able to kind of think about opening yourself to all that could be coming to you by just being receptive. Cause I just Mm -hmm. think it's like so many dope people out there that we miss out on because we're closed. Yes. I I can't imagine having missed out on this love. That's right. That's right, man. I can't either. I can't either, man. I I love me some Ashley. I love the way you say Mahalia. (laughs) Say the whole thing. So I love you. I love Mahalia. And I love the fact that our paths crossed and that we were both open to give and receive love at that time when we met. Amen. And I received that love reflecting it right back to you. (laughs) Well, sis, I think I cried, but you know, she looked like she was going to cry y'all. She was on the edge, but (laughs) she was determined to take me there, but it's true. This make it the very best day and um, just, just do epic stuff and know that you are loved. Likewise. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.